Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. I don't know about you, but for me at least, it seems like the world has become a more challenging place. The last few years have brought new things into our lives, things we weren't used to. Change has accelerated, new ways of doing things, and frankly, just the demands of our world today seem to be increasing. At the same time, the resources that we have available to ourselves to really get things done, to make things happen, seem to be used up more quickly because of the pace of change accelerating, because of everything that's going on, the greater demands on our time, on our energy, on our focus. So we're having to do more with less. And we've heard that in the past. Oh, you have to do more with less. And right now, in the employment marketplace, it is a strange, strange marketplace. Uh, Probably the strangest I've ever seen, and I've been in this employment marketplace for 40 years and 30 plus years, uh, helping organizations find the right people. And so with this talent shortage, that adds to the need to do more with less. The problem is you don't want to burn people out. You don't want to take your top performers and and overload them to the point that they can't give you their best performance. And this is happening in organizations uh, really all over the world. Let me give you a quick story that has happened recently that I think will bring this to light. I'm working with a small but growing business. Um, they've doubled in size recently, last couple of years. The need they have right now is around organizational development. And in that, it isn't just about developing leaders. It isn't just about getting new systems and processes in place. It's also about putting in the right kinds of structures. This episode is about liberating structures. Now that's kind of an odd phrase, but I've come to love that concept of creating some type of framework or structure that actually frees up resources, time, energy, focus, whatever those resources are for other and more valuable things. So here's what we know. Structure is process or policies plus people plus accountability plus resources. So when you When you think about creating a structure, there are certain elements that have to go into that structure to make it effective. And if you don't have some of those elements or enough of some of those elements, then you're not going to have an effective structure. The goal in developing a liberating structure is to create something where, think of it this way, you create really good guardrails. So you can run really fast in your lane. 
things don't slow you down, don't distract you, don't pull away from where your primary need for energy and focus goes. That's what we want to do for ourselves and for our people. Create really good guardrails with a liberating structure so you don't feel like you're going to run into the ditch. You're going to fall off the edge of the road. You're going to be able to go faster. You're going to be more effective because you have these structures in place. What happens without structure? Oh, I think it's pretty obvious. You get chaos. Your growth is stunted. A lot of rework, and I see this in many organizations, where they will have to do something over, go back and fix something. And that rework is simply waste. It's not getting it right the first time. But sometimes when there's a lot of pressure, that's what happens. You get in a situation where you're rushing. You're trying to get things done faster. You're trying to do more with less, but you're not doing it in the right way. You're doing it in a way where you just try to speed up the process without putting any additional supporting structure around what needs to be done. And a lot of times that leads to bad outcomes. So we definitely know we want these liberating structures. Why? Because they enhance our focus. Uh, We become more efficient, more effective in the way that we do things, in the way that we use our resources. More time, energy focus is available for higher value efforts. Uh, We're able to access our higher cognitive functions on a more consistent basis. That's one of the key things we have to watch out for when people are emotionally distressed, when people are burned out, when people are struggling with things, when there's a lot of stress or pressure in the effort itself. It's very difficult in those situations to access our higher cognitive functions. Critical thinking, strategic thinking, planning, all of those things, problem solving, the things that really help us make a difference, what we call the executive part of our brain that does a lot of that heavy lifting that helps us improve, get better, be innovative, and move forward. So how do we get there? How do we start to build some of these liberating structures? Well, first we have to understand that change is a part of it. And I heard this phrase again the other day. The only thing consistent is change, which of course sounds silly, but it's kind of true. And if that's the case, are we tending to avoid change because we just can't take on another change or another thing? Or are we preparing ourselves to be more change-embracing, seeing change as not a challenge or a problem as much, but an opportunity? Liberating structures can move us to be more change-ready, more change-embracing. And that means more opportunity ready. So let's look deeper into how we can make this happen. Ever found yourself struggling with seemingly endless stuff to do? So you can really get to the things you want to do or need to do? I did. And let me give you an example of that. 
for a long time, I struggled with keeping everything spinning. All the appointments, all the phone calls, the emails, the projects, all of those things that needed to be done, uh, trying to schedule those, trying to figure out what to do, what was the priority. I was constantly redoing priorities on a daily basis. And all of that just left a more anxiety in my life and it led to stress and it led to a lot of other just negative things that were not very helpful. So I came across a planner, the old-fashioned book-type planner, that I thought, let me give that a try because it was created in a way that allowed me to set my priorities well, focus on the things that really need to be done, and not get so uptight about making this monstrous list every day and then not really getting anything checked off the list. That really helped me. My planner became a liberating structure for me. I chose to be accountable to use it, and I have to continue to choose to be accountable every day to use it faithfully. And when I do that, uh, it became very, very helpful to me and really freed me up to focus more time on higher value things to do. So we all know the old saying, if, if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. Well, that's how I was able to fix my priority issues, my need to identify what was important and what had high value. So I want you to take a moment, think about areas of your life or your work that you do control, that's the caveat there, that you do control, where you get frustrated often. Can you clearly identify what causes that frustration? And then what can you do about that? So again, think about areas of your life that you control that you get frustrated about consistently. Now, there's a great quote from Albert Einstein. Intellectuals solve problems. Geniuses prevent them. Well, I think I'd like to be called a genius in this context because I would rather prevent problems than just solve them over and over and over again. And I love that quote because it really points to something important, which is if we build these liberating structures where we can, then it does help us to prevent problems down the road. I cannot tell you how many organizations I've worked with over the years where they're constantly putting out fires. Everybody has a fire hat and a fire coat and a fire hose, and they're all running around putting out fires, and they never seem to get further down the road than they already are. I think you see where this is going. There's a reason for that. If you're in total reaction mode, putting out fires on a daily basis, it's really hard to be more strategic, to accomplish more and bigger and better things because you have made the priority putting out fires instead of preventing them. That's a great place to kind of go back to our story for a minute, talk a little bit about the this new and growing company that needs these liberating structures 
really talk a little bit more about what was going on for them. I just barely started this story earlier. Let's continue that. They're doing that firefighting mode. That's where they live right now. And they're barely keeping their heads above the workload. The problem is the opportunity is starting to slip through their fingers because there isn't enough bandwidth to take advantage of the new opportunities because they're constantly fighting the fires in their current opportunities, in their current business. We had a really good meeting recently where we talked about getting out of reactionary mode, moving to be more proactive. But the way that you do that is through creating an intentional process of putting structure in place so that you don't have to continually fight the same fires. And this was an excellent conversation. They had to identify what their real issues were. And as we continued to explore and dig deeper into that, we found out that there were some underlying gaps that were creating some of these fires. That's where we could start to fill those gaps And we did it with something called, guess what? Liberating structures. Once those things were in place, they were able to move further forward to get more done on a regular basis. Now, I want to stress this. The answer is not necessarily a new operating system or a new set of resources something that you have to go out and pay a lot of money for. You know, I know people are adding new CRM systems and they're adding new ERP systems and and now there's all different kinds of business models and operating modes and all of that. That's not the answer that I'm talking about. They may be part of the answer. Those may be liberating structures, but you have to be intentional about tying those things together because I am also working with organizations right now where they have gone and bought this new CRM system and gone and gotten a new ERP system and they have this this operating system, the way they do their meetings, the way they do their evaluations and all of that, but they have never tied those things together. So it's like you have the a three-ring circus. I, I think that's a great way to look at it. You got this three ring circus going on and you don't know where to focus because you got all these things going on at the same time and they're not connected. What I'm talking about, start small, look for what I call the ankle biters, the things that just get to you on a daily basis and build on those. Those things that seem to be constant drainers of time, energy, and focus That's how you can start to build these liberating structures and tie them together at the same time. Because if you do it right, they will have a cumulative effect and you will get better and better outcomes. Just like practices of accountability, the more that you do it, the better you get at it, the better your outcomes. So let's talk about how we put this into practice. When things get really hectic and busy, I use a process utilized by fighter pilots 
to manage things in a fast-paced and real-time environment. It's called the OODA loop. So you've probably heard of it, but if you haven't, it's O-O-D-A. Observe, orient, decide, then act. That came up many times as as the evolution of the fighter pilot uh, came about because you don't have a lot of time if you're a fighter pilot to think things through, to get a committee together and talk about, gosh, is that a missile in the air coming toward me? Or should we watch it a little longer and see what happens? And I know I'm being a bit facetious here, but bottom line, the point is, there are certain situations where we don't have a lot of time to make decisions. So when things get really busy and hectic for me, I fall back on that process. First, I observe, what do I know to be true? The next thing I do is I orient myself around what I know to be true. And that's important. Not what I think, but what I know is true then I can orient myself around that and make a decision where I can then take an action. And then the, the cycle starts again. Then I observe what happened, and then I reorient myself. I make another decision. I take another action. This allows me to not become overwhelmed and, very importantly, not fall into the same pattern over and over again. That is one of the things that our human brains want to do. Easy, familiar patterns. The problem is not all of those patterns are all that productive. And so we have to think about what is a better way to do things? What is a more effective structure that we can put in place to keep us on the right path? to keep us out of non-productive patterns and cycles. And actually, that is a competency of emotional intelligence. We call it recognizing patterns. Can we recognize those in ourselves? Can we recognize those in other people? Have you ever found yourself cycling through the same pattern? and getting the same results. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, right? That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I know I do from time to time. So if that happens to you, stop and deploy the OODA loop. Deploy that observe, orient, decide, act cycle to help you decide how you want to change that pattern to get better outcomes. And you may go through several cycles of that before you come up with some type of an answer. You know what? That in itself is a liberating structure. You're using a structured approach to the way you're thinking, to the way that you're evaluating behavior, patterns, decision-making to get better outcomes. So as you think through that, let's go back to the things that frustrate you. Observe what the truth is. Orient yourself with what you know to be true. So let's just say for an example um, that you get angry at somebody and you notice that when that happens for you and you get angry with somebody that you tend to 
fall into a certain pattern of responses or avoidance or whatever that is. But that doesn't really solve the problem. You may avoid or evade for a short period of time. I think I combined the two words there. But anyway, uh, you may do that and it may give you short-term relief. But the big problem, the real issue doesn't go away. It doesn't get solved. So when you think about how to change that pattern through this OODA loop, this OODA cycle, we can really focus in on those things that frustrate us and think more objectively about them. Decide what your action or your response is going to be and then act on that. So as I close this out today, I just want to talk about a few liberating structures I've seen that have become very effective for people. Practical priority setting, like my planner. Just a very practical structure. How do I set my priorities? How much can I really truly get done on a daily basis? Number two, efficient communication flows. Think about emails and texts and phone calls and all that stuff you deal with every day. Is there a liberating structure you can put around that? So, for instance, in emails, uh, I know someone that I've talked to and helped and coached, and I've suggested they were spending hours and hours a day on their emails. And I said, wait a minute, not all of those emails really need that kind of attention. There's probably 10% or less that need immediate attention. So carve out some time first of the day and then come back to them later in the day when you have more time. But don't become a slave to those the, the tyranny of the urgent, so to speak. Um, here's another one. Accountability practices. If you put practices of accountability in place, and I've created an online course, you can go to eqfit.org and check it out. If you put those things into place, there are multiple liberating structures involved in that. Because what you're doing is you're building a pathway to greater success and how to accelerate to get there on top of building the pathway. Also, a forward-looking coaching process. Instead of looking backwards a year and evaluating people, what if you were to look forward? The goals for the next quarter and then have weekly meetings with people. Talk about what's going on. Set expectations understand what's happening, reset the expectations, and keep things moving forward. That's a liberating structure. Well-defined hiring practices. That's another great liberating structure because anytime a hire needs to happen, it can really throw people for a loop. Hiring in itself seems like a full-time job. Liberating structures build on each other. So as you put more of those into play, you actually get better and better results because they do feed off of each other. The key to all of this, take the time now to build those liberating structures so that you free up time in the future to do more of what you need to do and want to do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. 
If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.